acute inflammation may be beneficial in healing. Chronic inflammation, when it stays within our bloodstream, it then has the potential to cause things like heart disease, diabetes, Crohn's disease, cancers, ulcerative colitis, arthritis, asthma. Hi folks, I'm Sadia Tariq and you're listening to Dhani, the podcast. On this show, I speak to medical practitioners, poets, authors, mindful experts, therapists, artists, corporate world influencers, fashion designers and humanists from all over the world, where they share their journey of well-being, personal growth, learnings and struggles, and knowledge-seeking. Our guest today is Dr. Bilal A. Sheikh, a dentist from King's College, London, who has his private practice in Lahore, Pakistan, and also runs a healthcare consultancy in Toronto, Canada. In this podcast, we unpack a lot of things, ranging from oral hygiene to immunity functions to menopause to various diseases related to the gut and to the mouth to foods that matter and foods that should be avoided and last but not the least of course tips on how we can ensure good dental hygiene if you appreciate this podcast do feel free to share it with your friends and family and thank you for listening Dr. Bilal, thank you so much uh, for being on Dhani. Truly, truly appreciate you being here and uh, giving us your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. And it's a pleasure and honor to be with you. Dr. Bilal, you have been in um, the clinical practice um, for over th- for almost 30 years now. And uh, my most... Uh, pertinent question right now and most pressing question right now is that is there evidence do we know for certain if there is a relationship between um, oral hygiene and immunity uh, yes there has been some um, research and studies regarding this uh, and this actually first time around came in 1997 uh, when the New England Journal of Medicine published a small article by the name of uh, inflammation aspirin and cardiovascular disease. Uh, This particular um, article talked about um, the role of inflammation in causing disease in different uh, places and parts of the world, especially body, sorry, especially cardiovascular disease and low birth weight in pregnant mothers and kidney diseases and so on and so forth. From this, um, they were investigating and looking at um, markers of inflammation. And in the body, these markers are actually called C-reactive protein levels. So they measure this to determine how much systemic inflammation we end up getting. Sure. Upon this particular um, study, there was a, a lot of Um, investigation and curiosity towards that all right yes we understand that we have inflammation and it can cause these 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 diseases and lower the whole um, body's immune response and it's something called 
um, dysbiosis and imbalance that happens in the gut um, at certain levels. And they said, where does this information, why does it happen? They started researching oral health in this regard. Now, we mm. all know that the mouth is a hub of bacteria. We have tons and tons of them. Now, most of the time, these bacteria are beneficial to our oral digestive tract. Now, we need these bacteria to actually aid in the digestion system. But they're right. only beneficial when they are in a certain quantity and number. Sure. Beyond a certain number and quantity, um, they become harmful. Meaning that, you know, let's just say that you and I and anyone goes to a, a hygienist or a dentist for a professional cleaning. And 20 minutes after that, you will actually end up building plaque and bacteria again. That's how quickly mm -hmm. it forms. Mm. So plaque is a thin film of biofilm of bacteria that adheres to the teeth and different structures. And this plaque, um, in essence, really doesn't have much to do. It has no um, concerns of children and social network and social media. All they do is they eat, reproduce, and as a byproduct of breaking down sugars, they release acid. Now, this acid ends up causing dental decay, and gum disease, which we in our technical term call periodontal disease. Now, periodontal okay. disease and this bacteria, which is responsible for all this, has been widely investigated. So they started looking at people with gum disease or bad oral hygiene, and they started looking at their C-reactive protein levels. Mm. And they found that people with periodontal or gum disease had higher levels of this inflammatory markers and ah. once they were treated and they were addressed and their disease was treated their systemic inflammation lowered down now what actually does inflammation do it's good it's it's the body's natural response to any trauma or injury or you know uh, disease of any sort but acute inflammation may be beneficial in healing Chronic inflammation, when it stays within our bloodstream, it then has the potential to cause things like heart disease, diabetes, Crohn's disease, cancers, ulcerative colitis, arthritis, asthma. And um, it, it's, it's like um, inflammation in essence, or chronic inflammation is like, you know, if you have one of these newer uh, versions of cars, you get a check engine light. And it says, look, something is going wrong. So it itself mm. doesn't really do too much. But um, they, they, they promote and they aid in the buildup of plaque within the body and the blood vessels. The punchline ends up is that um, research extensively um, has now come through, which uh, suggests, I mean, of course, it's not definitive because there's an ongoing uh, research on it, but they do know that gum disease or periodontal disease causes cardiovascular heart attacks and problems. It causes all the other diseases which I just mentioned. And even um, to some extent, um, they found that women, pregnant women, had low birth weight uh, incidences. So there mm -hmm. is that correlation. And for donkeys of years, there is an established phenomenon which is called subacute bacterial endocarditis. 
Uh, it's a sort of a valvera uh, problem within uh, people who have um, valvular defects in their uh, in their hearts. Now, particularly those who have this, their oral health um, has to be um, always at par. Uh, people with this condition, when they will come to a dentist, um, the cardiologist or the physicians will um, make a note on them and tell us, we have to give them a prophylactic pre-dental uh, treatment uh, dose, which means yeah. that, you know, let's just say, let me explain in, in clearer terms. Sure. Uh, now, let's say I have a lot of bacteria in my mouth. Now, this bacteria is going to cause irritation to my gums. And you've heard people who have bleeding gums. Now, when mm. I go down to brush my teeth and I'm rubbing my brush around my teeth, there is some degree of bleeding. Now, this mm -hmm. bacteria is actually going to get impregnated into the bloodstream as well. So mm. we have what we call as a transient septicemia or a transient bacterial um, invagination or um, uh, introduction into our bloodstream. Got it, of now, course. This blood, this infected blood will circulate around the body and people with you know, this bacterial endocarditis, they can be at risk, at serious uh, risk. Mm. So yes, there is a lot of um, research and there is a lot of um, evidence lots and lots of through. connections. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So would it be right to sort of assume that, you know, it's the, the, this bacteria is the same or works on the same principles as the gut microbiome? Yeah, well, um, there is now, um, as I was saying, that periodontal disease. Um, now, one other thing before I actually answer this question is that you will understand that any child of ours, relative, elder, uh, brother, sister, anyone, if we end up coughing blood at any time, what would happen? Mm -hmm. We're all going to go frantic and we're going to sort of like rush to the doctor that, you know, something really serious is happening. Yet the bulk majority of people, whether it's the East or West or anywhere in the world, they will have bleeding from their gums and not take it seriously. Mm, so bleeding so gums is a sign of a disease and it must and should always be addressed. Now, of course, as I talk about disease, it means gum disease or periodontal disease. Mm -hmm. Now, this periodontitis is a um, dysbiotic inflammatory disease. Now, what we right. mean by dysbiosis, opposite of dysbiosis is symbiosis. And symbiosis is a mutually beneficial state of being. When right. we have an increased number of bacteria in the mouth, that's the gateway of your health. Imagine everything that you're eating is going through your mouth. So the, sure. the bulk of bacteria, if it is abundant, it's going to go into your gut. And that causes this dysbiosis, which means an imbalance in the host and the bacteria and the digestive system, which causes, you know, things like leaky guts or Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis and things of this sort. So yes, mm. there, there is an understandable correlation of these um, oral health and um, an imbalance in the bacteria and when we, uh, sorry, in the gut. And we know that if we have a bad gut, the whole of our immune system and whole of our body is going to get affected. 
Right. And as you said, uh, you know, if you have a bad gut, the the entire digestive tract is involved. Yes. And of course, how can we sort of just ignore the mouth? And it makes all the sense right now. Yeah, yeah. So, Dr. Bilal, for a layman, mm-hmm. how, so you said bleeding gums. Are there any other ways that this bacteria, excess bacteria or sort of unhealthy bacteria manifests itself and we can just sort of pick up on certain things? Yeah, well, um, now we have to also understand I just explained a little earlier that 20 minutes after the best um, dental cleaning or your brushing or going to a dentist is going to cause the formation of plaque and bacteria again. Mm. What determines um, disease is the balance between uh, a number of things. Number one, of course, you have to have a tooth to have a dental disease. Two, you have to have bacteria. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Three, you have to have food for the bacteria, which is, of course, the free sugars or the reducible sugars. Now, what we mean by free sugars is these artificial flavorings that they put in foods and drinks and sodas and all these kind of stuff. And, of course, to some extent, it, it occurs in natural foods as well, uh, things like honey and so on and so forth. But sure. sugars is the key essence to what determines. Um, the extent and amount of bacteria in the mouth. Third, uh, fourth, sorry, and the last thing is the time for how long does the bacteria get to be in contact with these sugars? Mm-hmm. What essentially is happening here is that bacteria will consume and break down these sugars to get energy to reproduce. And as a byproduct of this breakdown, they release acid. Mm-hmm. And it is this acid which then changes the pH of the plaque or the film that's adhering onto the teeth and around the gums. Now, when we have a pH lower than 5.5, we're going into an acidic area. This is where sure. the demineralization or decay or disease is going to start happening. Mm-hmm. Sugar is one of the main key essence that causes increase in the number of bacteria mm-hmm. or on hygiene brushing now i know for a fact that a large majority of the people just do not floss mm-hmm. i imagine that teeth are all joined one after the other like bricks in in a wall and we tend to brush on the side on the top on the inside But the contact points, which are in our technical terms, are called proximal surfaces in between teeth. They don't get accessed by the toothbrush. So we have to floss and clean the food and the bacteria between the contact points of each and every tooth. And people are just not in the habit of flossing. Sure, yeah. The third thing is visit your dentist or the hygienist every six months or as prescribed or explained by the dentist. Some people need to um, come in a little more frequently who have gum disease. And some don't mm-hmm. need to come uh, for you know, up to about eight months. Now, what determines that is, of course, every individual's uh, saliva content, what is the type of saliva they have, what's their dietary habit, what are their brushing habits. But visit the dentist and the hygienist every six months 
because we keep trying and educating our patients, prevention is always better than cure. So every six months we see somebody, okay, you're getting a little bit of a cavity right there. Okay, so it's still an incipient or it's a remineralizable lesion. Use fluoride, clean properly, it's gonna become okay. No, it's sure. a very tiny cavity. Let's just fill it up and stop it there and there. People will be away from the dentist for three, four, five, six years. Of course, things are going to come back in yeah. a bad way. Sure. The next very important point is, Adya, that um, dental caries, once it starts to hurt and be sensitive, that means it's actually gone to a point very close to the core of your tooth, which is called the pulp or the nerve. And then that means the lesion is already quite big. Tooth decay still gives us an indication and people will come, okay, now my teeth are sensitive. Oh, okay, I've gotten a hole here. It wasn't there yesterday and today we've just gotten a hole there. It's kind of like being hollowed out slowly inside and then the shell gives way. But the bigger problem is, again, the gum disease, the periodontal disease that I've just been talking about, it has one major disadvantage. People will end up having moderate to advanced gum disease. They will lose bone around their teeth. Their teeth will become wobbly and shaking. And sometimes even they even pop out on their own. And patients just do not have any pain. Mm. However, the time people come with a complaint of gum disease or mobile or moving teeth it's already very late and once Man, we've damage lost has been the done. Bone, it's done we can't bring back the bone this re-emphasizes my statement prevention is better than cure so if you go to the hygienist every six months and say, oh, look you know you're not cleaning between your teeth and you're having a bit of gum recession or loss of bone around you need to use you know water picks or toothpicks or well i don't recommend toothpicks so much but dental floss and we need to improve your hygiene methods give them a sort of a, a motivation fluoride toothpaste and so on and so forth it helps prevent a lot of major work mm. getting dental work isn't easy trust me i don't know if you've been to the dentist nobody likes sitting on the dental chair come in let's do a cleaning and say well great you're doing wonderful see you in six eight months later it saves you time, it saves you pain, it saves you a lot of money. Getting dental work done isn't cheap, it isn't easy. And no matter where you are in the world, insurances don't even cover everything. For all sane reasons, it's always better, you know, go spend a little bit of money. And um, just day before yesterday, I was seeing your mom, you know, she is one of my most regular patients. She comes in so methodically regularly. And I appreciate that, uh, you know, to, uh, there's very few percentage of people who actually do that. Of course. Dr. Bilal, I remember once while you were talking, and whilst, by the way, you were talking, I was having these weird sensations in my <laughs> teeth. <laughs> but uh, I remember sitting with family and everybody was like, um, sort of comparing whether pregnancy pain is worse than uh, dental pain. And obviously, all of us have who women who've gone through pregnancy pains uh, uh -huh. actually did vote for the fact that dental pain was way, way, well, way uh, tooth pain um, is is the second most severe known pain in the world. Um, they say it's second one? to angina and heart attack. I'll tell you the reason why that is so. 
Now, let's just say any human being gets an injury on an arm or a leg or somewhere. We get a mosquito bite. What will happen? We get a little bump. So, as I was mentioning, that's going to be an acute inflammatory response. So, inflammation mm -hmm. is the normal response of the body to any trauma. The tooth is embedded in solid bone. So, mm -hmm. once we get an infection of the tooth and its root, it cannot expand. Mm. So there is a buildup of a pressure of oh. a tooth trying to, you know, release that pressure somewhere and it keeps throbbing and the, the exponential rise in the pain keeps going because like soft tissue, it can't swell up. So the body is constantly sending signals there through our immune and through our bloodstream and through our system and the lymphatic system that look there's something wrong there go heal mm. and how do we heal by the body sends more blood more nutrients no more uh, things within our blood system to try and heal things that's the natural immune system mm. that's why dental pains are so severe excruciating and so intense. excruciating yeah, yes yeah. and hence the, which is an indication that it's a condition called irreversible pulpitis and whenever we say itis, it means there's some inflammation or swelling of that. So the pulp mm -hmm. gets inflamed and it just keeps throbbing and it keeps hurting. Um, all women who plan to conceive and have children should have a pre-dental visit. Mm -hmm. We know that somewhere in the sixth, seventh month, there is a change in the, the woman's hormone, estrogen, progesterone levels sure. and with that many women end up getting a condition which is called pregnancy induced gingivitis mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in the seventh month you get inflamed puffy gums and you know we see a lot of pregnant women coming in and they're saying look something's really gone wrong it was fine and I was okay but it is a condition that happens and again this still reverts back down to a good oral hygiene and maintenance of oral health. Mm. So there is an established condition called pregnancy-induced gingivitis. Sure. And when you spoke of these two hormones, would, would menopause also have some sort of an effect? Probable causes of menopause would be that generally there is a decrease in the slivy function and flow. Now, mm -hmm. post-menopause, um, there are lots of things that end up happening in the mouth especially women who are on um, hormone replacement therapy now mm -hmm. and these are called um, sometimes women end up taking bisphosphonates and they are oral and injectables now these have very severe implications if we need to do a dental procedure for such people injectable mm -hmm. um, bisphosphonate patients who are taking them we cannot do uh, dental extractions things just don't heal so oh, yes, okay. women who take hormone replacement therapies, they have decreased slivery flow. They are more susceptible to infections and decay and um, gum disease in the mouth. They heal lesser. The bones become brittle. Uh, if we have to do a surgical procedure, sometimes, um, let's say in the wisdom teeth area, there can be uh, more complications and they need to be sort of assessed uh, methodically before treating mm -hmm. um, any such patients. Um, if you have citrus fruit or lemon water, uh, it sort of 
uh, erodes the enamel, so oh, have less citrus, um, soft drinks, coffee, what kind um, of beverages so, and... So- all, all these soft drinks, these fizzy drinks, do have an element of an erosive uh, component in them. Citrus, mm-hmm. people who consume a lot of citrus acid, their their teeth do end up having erosions. And it's not just this. And understand, we're talking about acid um, because they have an acidic content. They have citrus acid. They sure. do cause erosion of the inner surfaces of the teeth. And some people just, you know, they're people who have habits of um, sucking on um, lemons. They will find their whole front surfaces get eroded away. People who have um, acid reflux, regurgitations, we find that the inside, which we in our technical terms call the lingual side or the palatal side, the inner side of the teeth, they all get sort of like eroded away and they're thinning away of these teeth. It's very Mm. much true. So what would you have to say for things like you know, chewing gum. It's, um, I think chewing gum are excellent for oral health. Now, really? understanding this statement, let me clarify, they need to be sugar-free gums. Mm-hmm. So we know in the market we get these, you know, Wrigley's and Extra and all of these sugar-free gums. They're good for two things. Food depending on the type of food that you consume food cleans the teeth food Mm. dirties the teeth Mm. now let's just say we have roughage and fibrous food what that does is when we bite down and chew on it on the chewing surfaces of the molars it slips and goes over the surfaces of the teeth so if it is rough fibrous food it will act as an abrasive like a brush does and wash and clean away the bacteria from these surfaces. Mm-hmm. If it is sticky, tenacious food, cheese, pizzas, and processed stuff, they tend to stick to the teeth, and they ah. dirty the teeth. Now, chewing gums help in the context that they are giving you some degree of massage and cleansing and washing away of all the chewing surfaces. They are good, but excess of anything is bad. Now, I have a couple of patients who um, were fanatics in chewing gums and mm. they were constantly exercising and chewing their jaws. The teeth in 24 hours are supposed to essentially meet for 20 to 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Strange, doesn't it? Mm. Now, if I were to ask you to just relax not speak, not say anything, and rest your jaw, the teeth do not meet. They stay separate. Mm -hmm. It's a a state or there's a space between the upper and the lower teeth, which is called the freeway space. Now, I will ask you to just take an empty swallow, swallow your own saliva, and you'll Mm -hmm. see that in order to even swallow, the teeth touch each other. If we have a constant touching of the teeth all the time, like excessive chewing gums, the jaw muscles which are responsible for closing and opening of the mouth, they have four sets of muscles on each side, they get fatigued out. Mm, So we get a condition which is Mm -hmm. called a TMD or temporomandibular dysfunction or a temporomandibular disorder. 
And so we get either fatigue of the, the joint or the muscles around the joint. So yes, everything done in moderation, um, chewing gum for you know maybe 15, 20 minutes in a day actually helps clean things out. My last question, when you say a patient comes and you um, see a set of teeth, can you in any way sort of assess their stress situation or their emotional situation? I mean, is the jaw yes. in any way sort of giving away the secrets? Oh, yes. So we get a lot of people who are called Bruxes. In the last 10 12 years of my clinical practice and seeing people, the number of people coming with joint dysfunctions and joint pains and worn down dentitions has increased exponentially. In a state of stress and also in a state of digestive imbalance, people tend to actually clench their teeth or grind their teeth at night. This is a condition called nocturnal bruxism. It means mm -hmm. that um, my own son, our youngest son, he used to actually grind his teeth when he was a so, sort of a kid. He's an 18-year-old boy now. But um, they're usually associated with stress. Now, when I'm very stressed and worked out, I will wake up and find that, you know, one side of my jaw, I've clenched it together. Mm -hmm. Again, mm -hmm. the muscles associated alongside the the jaw will get fatigued because if it's like you picking up a weight on your arm or you've got a very heavy handbag you're carrying for you know six hours in a day you're going to get a pain in your muscle so we see increasingly people who have worn down their teeth that they're constantly clenching and grinding their teeth mm -hmm. and we have to make oral appliances for them they're called night guards and they come in various forms and shapes depending on but some people come with such a severe condition of this TMD or a temporomandibular joint dysfunction that they cannot perform their normal activities of eating and functioning because they're in constant pain. So yes, there are many things that do give away that people are in a state of stress. They'll have fatigued um, pterygoid muscles or the side muscles or they'll have worn if they have a parafunctional, some people have the habit of office workers will chew on a pencil mm -hmm. and will see that there's an indent on one side. And mm -hmm. there was a time our elderly um, ladies would actually wear a lot of hairpins. And there was a trend our mothers and our you know elders used to do is that they would open the pin from their teeth, you know, just the hairpin. Correct. I don't know if you remember yeah. and know yeah, yeah, remember those, that those black hairpins. Yes. And I would see patients who had a dent on the front, right or left, depending if they were left or right-handed. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they said, we don't understand. We just got a notch here. And in the exact place that every day they would be clipping these four, five, six pins to, you know, put in their hair. So any parafunctional habit do end up showing signs within the mouth if it's related to... Um, a situation wow. that they're doing or misusing in the mouth. We also get to see um, people who have things like um, abrasion cavities. Uh, it's called a toothbrush abrasion cavity, which means there's some people who, you know, so aggressively brush either out of stress or um, through a, a feeling 
of an um, of a condition of OCD that they feel that no my teeth are not clean and they're going to be brushing or over brushing them and we get these wedge shaped cavities on the necks of teeth just where the you know the the gums start and the teeth finish or the teeth start and the gums finish and these are called um, class 5 or abrasion cavities people who grind their teeth we get another kind of cavities it's a terminology called abfraction and what abfraction means is that if you take let's say um, a bark or um, a twig and you actually twist it it has some degree of flexibility in it when you keep twisting it what happens one side splinter just flakes off first because it's a it's still an alive or a flexible thing so when teeth are jiggled and ground down corners of where the enamel margin is very thin they just flake off because they're constantly grinding and jiggling their teeth so there are many things that we end up seeing um, in the mouth that give away a lot of things three foods which are harmful and three foods which are helpful um, any food that is high sugar content fizzy drinks they will be harmful to the oral cavity but my stance in this is um, and let me explain why these sugars um, are harmful so mothers who bring their little kids to me uh, will say you know we have to stop him he takes a lot of uh, candies and he takes a lot of sugar and I said, look, you know, he, after all, he's the kid. You or um, one of the elders end up giving it. And they want to blame their grandparents or their in-laws or something, which is still fair enough. And I tell them, look, they are kids. They're going to want to have candies and sweets. 20 minutes after the last sugar intake you have, the mouth stays acidic. Now imagine that you have a candy right now. And you finish and eat that candy away and your mouth is going to stay acidic for about 20 minutes depending on how um, thin and how good your slivery flow is if you have thin watery saliva it washes away it's better an hour later you decide to have another candy or just a small bite of it and then an hour later you have another candy so that's 20 20 20. so i tell parents that look you want to give your kids an X number of candies, give them whatever number, one, two, three, at the same one time. Mm -hmm. Then tell them to go brush your teeth. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. every time you have sugar, you're going to have acid produced in your mouth. Good Sorry thing. to cut you short, uh, but uh, Dr. Bilal, would we also include um, fruit sugar in this? Yes. Okay. Yes, we would. Got it. Um, but they, they are um, less harmful. Uh, natural sugars are less harmful than, of course, these processed free sugars that I talk about. Sure, sure. Um, people who eat a lot of mangoes, you know, they are going to get dental uh, problems because of high sugar content. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know that people who will have lots of mangoes and fruits and uh, they do end up getting diabetes. So mm -hmm. it is sugar at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, good foods, roughage, anything with fiber, 
and um, unfortunately nowadays everything is just junk food processed food fiber foods are hardly even consumed now we don't mm. even have a list of them uh, at this point in time yeah but then with t- talking about uh, sort of uh, stocky vegetables like uh, broccoli and greens. carrots yeah absolutely right. yeah they're, they're great right. i mean so so they are fibrous they are uh, they're rough roughage and fibrous when you eat them they will like i just explained a little while earlier that these kind of foods will abrade over wash over the teeth and clean off all the bacteria and the plaque on them dr bilal it was absolutely uh, wonderful wonderful talking to you thank you for sharing all this information with us um thank you very much thank you thank you very much for having me i know we've been struggling for a couple of months with my travel and your travel uh, trying to get a time so it's a pleasure to answer all these questions and if you need any more information at any given time on a specific topic let me know i'll be happy to reply thank you dr ulal thank you so much you're welcome sadhvi you take care and stay safe you too